Hi, I'm Edwin. And I'm Andrew. Sound the battle cry. Two men, 15 minutes, eternal impact. Welcome to Text Talk. For the Lord, gird your armor on, stand firm, everyone. Hey, Andrew. Hello, Edwin. Here we are continuing in Psalm 58. I'm wanting to think about judges. Judges? Not the book of judges. No. The role of judges. Like what their job is? What their job is. Oh, what their job is. Depending on the vowel points, see, you, you might pronounce that word differently. You know, that is an excellent illustration of something that we were talking about <laughs> yesterday. It actually is. I wish I had thought of it yesterday yeah, but when it's we not were talking. <laughs> so we're talking about it right now. We're, we're not going to go back and edit yesterday's conversation. No, no. We'll just have to talk about it now. For the people that are listening, you know, yesterday. Right, right. I, I picked this up and I said, today we're going to talk about the judge's job. <laughs> but I about, know that we're going to talk about the judge's job. Absolutely. How do I know that? Because you know the language. I know the language. And context, context clues. clues. Let's, let's put this in, in an actual context by you reading Psalm 58 from the New King James, and we'll come back and bring this all together for those who missed yesterday's conversation. All right. Here we are in Psalm 58. To the chief musician, set to, do not destroy, a victim of David. Do you indeed speak righteousness, you silent ones? Do you judge uprightly, you sons of men? No, in heart you work wickedness. You weigh out the violence of your hands in the earth. The wicked are estranged from the womb. They go astray as soon as they are born, speaking lies. Their poison is like the poison of a serpent. They are like the deaf cobra that stops its ear, which will not heed the voice of charmers, charming ever so skillfully. Break their teeth in their mouth, O God. Break out the fangs of the young lions, O Lord. Let them flow away as waters which run continually. When he bends his bow, let his arrows be as if cut in pieces. Let them be like a snail which melts away as it goes, like a stillborn child of a woman, that they may not see the sun. Before your pots can feel the burning thorns, he shall take them away as with a whirlwind, as in his living and burning wrath. The righteous shall rejoice when he sees the vengeance. He shall wash his feet in the blood of the wicked, so that men will say, Surely there is a reward for the righteous. Surely he is God who judges in the earth. Anybody who heard yesterday will remember that the ESV said in verse 1, uh, Do you indeed judge justly or do what is right, you gods? Yeah. Your new King James. You silent God, ones. You silent ones. Yeah. Yesterday you asked, okay, who's being who, who's being spoken to here? Who? Right. Wh- what are these silent ones? And we talked about some stuff in the Hebrew language and how there's vocalization and vowel points where they just had consonants. Mm-hmm. But because they knew the language, they knew the context clues, they would be able to tell. Mm-hmm. And so we've, we've got the same consonants here that with one vocalization could be silent ones. Another, In fact, I think another vocalization could be trees. And another mm-hmm. vocalization would be gods. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's the question that they've made. But like you, we're able to see J-O-B, and because of context and because of history with the language, because of growing up with your Bible, you, you joked about the judge's... Job. Job. Yeah. But you knew judge's yeah. job. Yeah. And because you know the language and you know the history and the context. Yeah. It's fascinating to me, though, with the, with the pointillism that it could be 
uh, gods. It could be trees. It could be silent ones, because those that 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 pairing would also go along with idolatry, wouldn't it? And and the Asherahs and their silence and all such as that. I, I digress, but yeah. it, it is an interesting it is an interesting thing to explore. Well, of course, even if you have it as gods, then we've got some interpretation questions. That gods, okay, is it talking about idols? Is it talking about as some today would describe the divine council, the Elohim, where sometimes that's used to refer to angelic beings? Mm. I think I think if we get to that gods I, again, I think whatever translation we give that word. The context drives home. He is talking about judges who are enacting and miscarrying justice. They're either not talking when they should or they're saying all the evil things. Yeah, because we have in verse 3 a description of these wicked, whether it's gods or silent ones or rulers or whatever whatever that's supposed to be. They are estranged from the womb. They go astray from birth speaking lies. Which doesn't really fit the idea of deities. No, uh -uh, it does not. So we, we would see that, again, I think, in the context of Psalm 82, 6 where judges are referred to as gods. In fact, in fact, let's think about this, because th- this is a hard psalm for us. We mm-hmm. already mentioned that yesterday. It's a hard psalm for us, but I think we yeah, need to well, have... Yeah, well, like you said, not, not embroidered on pillows. <laughs> That's exactly right. But we need to have a proper background. And the background is that judges had a job. Those who were set up to judge Absolutely. God's people, Absolutely. those who were rulers or judges had a job. Now, when you're talking about judges here, I, you're not necessarily referring to like the book of judges, like Samson and Gideon and those guys, are you? Well, not specifically. However, they would have fit within the job that was supposed to happen among those who were judges. Okay. So in the book of judges, some of these who are set up as judges are more deliverers yeah. than they are judges. But like you have Deborah, where it talks about her judging the people yeah, under a tree. and some of the others who were judging. And it wasn't about their deliverance. It was about the fact that they were meeting out judgment. Really, this goes back to when Moses was hearing the judgment or giving the judgment for every case. And Jethro comes to him and says, Man, you're going to wear yourself and the people out. too much for one man. And gave him the idea, you need to set up judges over the people, over Mm -hmm. tens and fifties and hundreds and thousands. And so Moses establishes these judges, Mm -hmm. and they're supposed to hear the cases. And if the the judge over the ten people can't figure out how to resolve this case, then it goes up the line until it gets to Moses. But as all of these issues of judges are talked about throughout the Old Testament, there is a job, and the job is... Justice. Yeah. Just just a couple of passages here. In Leviticus chapter 19 and verse 15, and this is important because this is the law of loving your neighbor. This is actually everybody's job. But notice what it says here in Leviticus 19:15. You shall do no injustice in court. You shall not be partial to the poor or defer to the great, but in righteousness shall you judge your neighbor. You shall not go around as a slanderer among your people, and you shall not stand up against the life of your neighbor. I am the Lord. So I guess one of the things I realize is that as God set up this system, there was not a class of victims. Right, that the judge was supposed to look with, uh, you know, fair justice and not be partial to the poor or, or the, to the rich or the great. Yeah. That's exactly right, and that's an interesting thing because throughout history we recognize that it tends to be preference given to the rich yes. because the rich can pay the bribes mm-hmm. because the rich can bend the rules. But here we do have that point that look in your response to not showing partiality to the wealthy and the rich, don't turn around and show partiality to the poor. Exactly. Justice. What we justice. need is justice. Mm-hmm. 
Back in Deuteronomy chapter 1, Moses recounts the the instruction that he gave to the judges. I'm reading from verses 16 and 17 in Deuteronomy 1. Hear the cases between your brothers and judge righteously between a man and his brother or the alien who is with him. You shall not be partial in judgment. You shall hear the small and the great alike. You shall not be intimidated by anyone. Notice this, for the judgment is God's. Oh, so they are representing God in acting as judge and arbitrating in in light of God's law and God's instruction. They have been established and appointed really by God. That's the point they're supposed to recognize. You hold this position by the grace of God, and your job is to represent God, to represent him appropriately based on the law he's written, not based on that person gave you some money, not based on that person intimidated you, not based on you really feel sorry for this person over here, based on here's what the law says. One of the things that jumps out at me before we go on to the next one is that this would also apply equally to the alien and so here's somebody that has come into the land of God, and so they are accountable to the law of God, but they're not going to be uh, run over or oppressed. God is going to protect them as well. No partiality, no partiality in there. or against them. Yeah. So Moses comes back to this in Deuteronomy 16, beginning in verse 18. You shall appoint judges and officers in all your towns that the Lord your God is giving you according to your tribes, and they shall judge the people with righteous judgment. You shall not pervert justice. You shall not show partiality. You shall not accept a bribe, for a bribe blinds the eyes of the wise and subverts the cause of the righteous. Justice and only justice you shall follow, that you may live and inherit the land that the Lord your God is giving you. Mm. So staying in the land mm-hmm. was predicated upon these judges doing their job yeah. because it would subvert righteousness if they did not. It would lead the people into unrighteousness. It, w- it would be an act of unrighteousness, but it's going to lead the people into unrighteousness if the judges who represent God mm-hmm. misrepresent God. Mm-hmm. So one more that I think is really important. Now, this is in Jehoshaphat's days, years later, but this issue of judges in Second Chronicles 19, verses 6 through 10, a little bit lengthy here, but listen to what Jehoshaphat said. Consider what you do, for you judge not for man, but for the Lord. He is with you in giving judgment. Now then, let the fear of the Lord be upon you. Be careful what you do, for there is no injustice with the Lord our God, or partiality, or taking bribes. Thus you shall do in the fear of the Lord, in faithfulness and with your whole heart. Whenever a case comes to you from your brothers who live in their cities concerning bloodshed, law, or commandment, statutes, or rules, then you shall warn them that they may not incur guilt before the Lord, and wrath may not come upon you and your brothers, Thus you shall do, and you will not incur guilt. So one of the things I'm hearing in Jehoshaphat's words and warning is that it's going to it's going to bleed over and affect all the land, all the nation. That if the judges are corrupt, it will have a corrupting effect, and all the nation might uh, be guilty before God. The thing that really grabs me here is you're judging for God, not for man. Mm-hmm. So in other words, <clears throat> your your employer, your boss, It's not the people who are coming into the courtroom. It's not the king. It's Mm -hmm. not the rich. It's not the poor. It's not the sojourner. It's not the native. It's God. God Mm -hmm. is God is your boss on this one. And you're answering to him. Now, let me tell you a little bit about your God. Your God is impartial. 
And so if you're representing God, you need to represent God with impartiality. Mm. Your God will not accept bribes. And so as you're representing him, you must not accept bribes. Your God will judge in righteousness and justice. And so when you're representing him, you need to judge in righteousness and justice. Because if you don't, it affects how people view not only you, but God. It affects how they view God's will. And like you said, that gets us to it now spreads sin and unrighteousness throughout the people. This is the background of Psalm 58, because in Psalm 58, we're not simply dealing with people who are breaking the law. We're dealing with people who have been set up as God's representatives who are supposed to mete out justice. And as God's representatives, if they distort God's will and way, they it's like they've taken the sin to the next level. Mm-hmm. And that is the background for this intensity of coming back. Here are the people that, that God, you've set up. They've accepted the role of, of righteousness, of justice, of representing you, and, and they've turned away from that. They're distorting it. Yeah, so this song is calling down God's judgment and wrath on the people in authority. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Speaking the... Yeah, so here's a here's a king writing a song with the sternest rebuke and judgment imprecation yeah. upon uh, judges in the land. I think in modern application, there, there are two things. First of all, just within Christ's church, I think elders and church leaders need to understand this, mm. recognizing how important it is to pursue righteousness and justice. And as as we work with people to not defer to the great not defer to the poor, not, but rather to, here's God's will. Yeah. I think there's some application here also just for the fact that we know that government is instituted by God in order to carry out his will. And so I think the governments, they need to recognize that. I'm, I'm not, well, yeah. I guess what I'm just going to say is they need to recognize they are supposed to be God's hand right. in making sure that his will is accomplished. They're supposed to yeah. Pursue justice. Yeah. They're not allowed to allow unrighteousness and injustice yeah. to go unaddressed. Yeah. I think uh, I think that needs to be recognized in both levels. Great, great stuff here today. Um, you know what? We'd love to hear from our audience. As always, jump over to the Facebook group. Uh, maybe you're uh, following along in the discussions and filling out some ideas for the Paths of Righteousness readings. Uh, or you'd just like to chime in on, uh, on your thoughts about... Uh, to the tune of The Destroyer or other things that we are discussing. Edwin, would you lead us in a word of prayer? Holy God, thank you for being the righteous, holy judge. And may we, in all ways, as we interact with others, whether we have a role which is one of leadership and judgment or whether we are interacting with folks and we need to make discerning judgments, may we do it with righteousness, with love, having become like you, being more like you, and representing you. Forgive us because we have fallen short on that so many times, but lift us up that we would become more like you every day. It's through your son Jesus we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks for talking about the text with us today. I'm Edwin Crozier, and I'd like to invite you to join the Christians who meet on Livingston Avenue in Lutz, Florida this Sunday for our Bible classes and worship. You can find out more at christiansmeethere.org. Check out our daily written devotional that goes along with today's episode. You can find a link for it in our show notes. Michael Eldridge sang all four parts of our theme song. You can get more from him at acapeldridge.com. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review Text Talk in your favorite podcast app so others can find it and learn about it more easily. 
Have a fantastic day. Steady, pass the word along. Onward, forward, shout aloud, Hosanna. Christ is captain of the mighty throne.